This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Burr. to episode 43 of the Off Kilter podcast. Today's episode is part two of my three-part series on how to recover well from training. Part two is on why you need to have a movement and mobility practice. So I think in order to train hard, to train often, to train long, to progress, to perform, Uh, or to practice long and often, uh, your craft, your type of training, one needs to recover well, regularly. (laughs) And a big part of recovering well is having a movement and mobility practice. So we're going to talk about why they are important, how they help us in our training and in our recovery. Where we have to start when we have this conversation is we need to talk about training versus movement. And this is something that I went on a journey and learned. Uh, I always viewed my practice as a training practice. I trained. I trained to get the outcome, the result. When I was lifting, I would base my self-worth on the number on the bar, how well I lifted, the number I lifted. Uh, My focus was to get the outcome. Slowly, over time, I've learned that it's a movement practice that I need to cultivate in order to really build trust with my body, to learn more about my body, to find joy, playfulness. Uh, So I think that when we talk about training, And I use the word training a lot, uh, but, and I think I use it because it's familiar. Uh, We have this language that's quite familiar when we talk about training or exercising, working out, going to sweat, and we're often not familiar with this term movement. It seems uh, a little foreign, and we, we generally fear foreign. So in my work, I use training often, but what training means to me is really what a movement practice is about. So if we think of like traditional training, it's structured, it's linear. Yep, it's developmental for sure. We can progress, uh, but, and it's often specialized. So if I'm training, I might be, you know, an Olympic lifter, and I train Olympic weightlifting. Whereas when we think about movement, movement is the application of training. So it can be functional. Uh, It's most often playful, artistic. So if you think of training, training are more like the words. And then movement is the sentences. So the training makes the words. And then if we put it together in a movement practice, That's the sentences. Another way that I can describe it to you is if you think of the red umbrella. 
So I talk often about Red Umbrella being our nervous system and all the prongs in our umbrella uh, impacting that state of our umbrella, our nervous system. So you can also think of movement as an umbrella. So you think of the movement practice being the umbrella and then you have all these prongs in that umbrella and they're all different types of training practices and they make up a movement practice. So for a little while, you might spend time on one prong in particular. So for a long time, I spent time in the Olympic weightlifting prong. So I was competing and training uh, as an Olympic weightlifter. And I became a specialist in that training. Now, when you become a specialist, it does increase your risk for injury. Uh, Olympic weightlifting is super hard on the body. It's very structured, it's very directional, it's very linear, and the load that goes through the body is a lot. So after a year or so of lifting, my coach started to implement uh, a different type of training into my programming. And this type of training was more of a softness practice. So if you think of Olympic weightlifting as hard, now we wanted to cultivate a practice that was going to make sure that we were nurturing and nourishing my body. We were looking after it so it recovered well. So I started to develop a movement and mobility practice and it was one session in the day and then my second session was my weightlifting session. So this whole first session was around making sure that I had a strong, healthy spine that I was working on any little injuries or niggles or restriction that I had in my body, uh, that I was working on balancing my body, looking after my body, uh, cultivating flexibility. Uh, and we'll dive into the difference between flexibility and mobility. But I had a mobility practice and that whole session was around that, was making sure that I was moving my body differently to Olympic weightlifting. So if you're specializing in a certain prong, in a certain type of training, there is this risk of overuse. Um, and we lose a lot of other uh, ranges or ways of moving because we never explore them. So if you think of a movement practice, it's really exploring all of the prongs. Now, you don't have to explore them all at once, but I think it's definitely important to be a generalist and not a specialist. Yep, for sure. Go and be a specialist at something because that's how you get good at it. Uh, we need to practice consistently. We need to show up. We need to do the work and that will allow us to progress uh, and develop within that training uh, practice. But I think it's really important if we want to look after our body, we want to recover well, even if we are a specialist, an athlete uh, in a certain sport or training practice, that we start to bring more of a movement practice in, uh, maybe more of a softness practice. And I think the reason why is because it's definitely possible to overtrain. Uh, Ido Portal, who is the father of that movement umbrella, <laughs> uh, 
he has a great quote that I really love, and that is, I haven't had a rest day since 1978. And I really love that because he has a movement practice, which means, yes, it's definitely possible to overtrain. So to overtrain Olympic weightlifting, strength training, uh, running, uh, but it's much more difficult to move too much. Actually, we don't move enough as humans. So when I have a movement practice and I, I have a mobility practice and having a mobility practice helps us recover well. When we talk about having a mobility practice, we need to start with looking at uh, flexibility and mobility. And they're not the same things. While they are often used interchangeably, flexibility is really simply a component of mobility. So if you think about the movement umbrella and training or your particular type of training or sport is a prong of that movement umbrella. If we look at flexibility, it's simply a component of mobility. So flexibility is definitely a part of a movement practice, but there are so many other parts in a mobility practice. So flexibility refers to the range of motion in a given joint. So I can do the splits. I have a great range of motion. I have that range in my tissues, through my adductors, through my hamstrings, through my hips, uh, my joints, my ligaments, my tendons. But mobility is the ability of a joint to move through its entire range fluidly. So the mobility part means having strength within your flexibility. So when we are mobile, we can move into this position, so into the splits with strength, control, stability. So I have the motor control to be able to do that. And so first we need to get the range. So a lot of people don't even have the range of motion. So yes, working on your flexibility, improving the range is important, but we can't just be flexible. We need to have active flexibility. We need to be strong. We need to have control in that range. That's why we need to pair passive stretching or getting this range with loaded stretching, active stretching, weighted stretching to make sure that the example I can give you is that I have very flexible hamstrings, very flexible. If I just kept passively stretching them, doing split training, and not developing any strength or control, I open myself up to injury. If I go and do a dynamic movement and I have, just think of an overstretched, um, overstretched rubber band. Yeah, it loses its elasticity. It loses its ability to actually do its job. So if I've overstretched my tissue and I haven't developed stability and control, and then I go to do something, the best example I think I can give you is if I'm a yogi, my tissue is conditioned to hold very stable positions. So long holds, slow movement. And is that ideal for running or sprinting or jumping or lifting? No. <laughs> so often I've seen yogis and dancers that are extremely flexible. Their tissue is conditioned to hold very stable positions but they're not strong. They're not stable and they definitely don't have the motor control when they're trying to 
uh, do something that is more like running or jumping, more explosive. So move, when we have a mobility practice, we're working on this part. We're working on moving into this uh, position, so into this range uh, with stability and control. And then once we can do that, we need to get strong in that range. So basically that means that stretching needs to be alive. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, yes, there is a place for passive stretching. Uh, but mostly we need to make stretching alive, which means it's active stretching. So there needs to be a stretch component, but then also an active component to build the stability and control and the strength in the tissue or the ligament or the, uh, or the joint or the tendon. So if I'm a weightlifter, I need to perform stretches that really mimic the input and the stimulus of weightlifting. Uh, so loaded and weighted stretches will give me this safe, strong, usable range of motion. As I said, if I'm a yogi, my tissue is conditioned to hold very stable positions. So yes, I have the range, but now I need to start working on the control and the stability within that range. Otherwise, I'm increasing my risk of injury. I just have very lax tissue and joints and ligaments, uh, which doesn't really create a strong, capable, resilient body. So if you think of weightlifters, they handle extreme loads while keeping a very strict movement path. So it's very up and down. <laughs> and in order to look after their body, their joints, their tissues, their spine, and they really need to do active flexibility, active mobility work. So in order to grow that range of motion, we really need to have a similar input to affect change. But then we also need to have a movement practice that moves the body in very different ways. Uh, so think of being on the floor, doing more of contemporary dance uh, or a flow or locomotion. Uh, we're loading the joints in different ranges. Mobility Having a mobility practice is super important if you want to build a strong, resilient, capable body. You want to decrease the risk of injury and have freedom of movement, which I think is really key. So often I work with people who are in pain that want to be pain-free, that are scared uh, and have no trust with their body, that really want to be confident and build trust with their body. And I believe having a movement practice and a mobility practice really helps bridge that gap. It bridges that gap between pain to pain-free, scared to confident, from being flexible to being strong. And it's such a powerful practice to uh, cultivate, to build trust and connection with our body. So how do you do it? How do you start to develop this movement and mobility practice? If you specialize or you train a certain way or you have a certain sport, it's looking at how, how else can I move my body? What else can I do? One of my favorite things to do is before I start uh, doing a lifting session or a leg session or a weight session is to incorporate some games into my warm-up. Partner games, sometimes I play with myself uh, in my studio space. And we're looking at like squat games, being in the bottom of your squat and then not allowing 
you know, you to move your feet. So you're adding some constraints, some beautiful constraints in here, and then trying to touch your toe to objects around the room. Maybe you do 10 touches and then 10 touches with the other one. Uh, it could be partner uh, push-up game. There are so many ways and there's so much out there. Uh, I can put in the show notes a couple of people to follow to get some ideas uh, that you can start cultivating this more, more playfulness uh, aspect into your, your training practice. But I think the key thing here is if you're moving your body in one particular way, that's a very strict movement pattern, you're increasing your risk of injury and you often really lack that freedom of movement. So with mobility, we're looking at, do I have the range? First, I need to develop the range. Uh, can I forward fold and touch my toes? Can I do a back bend? Uh, can, I, can I get the range in, in the body, in the tissue first? And then how do I get strong and stable in it? And the last piece is, okay, now I need to be, now I need to be strong. So I might be layering in loaded progressive stretching, layer by layer. We're solving this puzzle of mobility. Uh, where do I feel restriction? What movement can I do? Getting curious about where the body is limited. Why is it limited? And then start to cultivate a practice to help unlock it, uh, solve that puzzle, that mobility puzzle. So I invite you today, uh, before you start to train, to play, to move your body differently, uh, to start uncovering that mobility puzzle that you have <laughs> in your body. And that's one of the things that we do in Warrior School. So in Warrior School, I teach you how to train the methods, the processes that I have experienced myself to be effective uh, in helping you build a strong, resilient, capable body, uh, in helping you decrease your risk of injury or recover from an injury and have this freedom of movement. Uh, this We're moving from being in pain to pain-free, from feeling scared to feeling so confident in our body. Uh, and I think that's really important. So if that's something that you're really interested in exploring, I invite you to check out Warrior School. Uh, it's a tribe of women who are learning how to train so they can build strong, resilient, capable bodies. So I invite you to check it out. Uh, the information's on my website, or as always, you can email me, amy at amykatebow.com. And I would love to support you in cultivating a movement and mobility practice. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at amykatebow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.